It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Friday, November 5th, 2021, and we are going to be getting you ready for the weekend of football ahead, more specifically looking at the college ranks and some of the early favorite prospects for the Miami Dolphins in the midst of what has become, very quickly, a lost season. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs, the director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Excited to get this thing rolling today and talk a little bit of draft and marry my two passions. I'm I'm sitting here in uh, the Terminal C parking garage at the airport getting ready to fly down to Miami in advance of... Dolphins-Texans, and uh, we're not going to announce the winner of the giveaway today on the show. That's going to be done this evening for who is going to sit with me amidst the mock draft competition that you guys have been up to, and I figured kind of the culmination of that, you guys have brought a lot of names to the table. We talk a little draft today on the show, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities Since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Loving a little draft talk today on the show as well. So let's let's talk about, first of all, we need to calibrate our expectations accordingly for where we are expecting Miami is going to pick. I have a hard time getting my head around San Francisco making the playoffs, if we're being honest. When you look at the NFC right now, Dallas, 6-1, Arizona, 7-1, L.A. Rams, 7-1, Green Bay Packers, 7-1, Tampa Bay Bucks, 6-2. Those are your divisional leaders right now, and also your... Uh, premier wild card is the LA Rams. You've got two more wild spots. The Saints are five and two. Seattle's going to be getting Russell Wilson back. San Francisco secondary suspect. Quarterback situation in the air. Trey Lance did not inspire. You got Carolina at four and four. You got Minnesota at three and four. You got Seattle at three and five. San Francisco's at three and four. I like all of those teams in their entirety right now. Uh, A little better than what San Francisco can offer. So I think San Francisco uh, probably going to be the 9 10 team in the NFC. And that's probably going to put you between, say, 13, 12, and 16. 
right? It's not going to be lined up with where Miami's picking in, unless they start winning a couple football games here. But you're still targeting a top half of the first round pick. And when you look at the distribution of talent in this year's class, it depends on what you want to draft. Do you want to continue to draft offense? Do you want to draft defense? I think the Dolphins are in a spot where, A, we don't know who's going to be running the offense, right? I can't envision a scenario in which they bring everybody back on the offensive side of the ball. So this gives us a little bit more freedom to look at players and say, well, no, they don't meet the guidelines. Uh, At this point, like, we've talked a lot about Miami's ideology in building the offensive line or, or, or parsing through talent because they haven't built an offensive line yet. It's not complete. And now you're just kind of in a draft good players situation. You need good players, period. I don't care if he's 304 and you like guys that are 315. Just pick good players. And that is going to really be relevant when we talk about uh, at least one prospect that a lot of you guys have mocked to Miami, and that's Iowa's center, Tyler Linderbaum. Does, he, does his size scare me a little bit? He's listed at 6'3", 290 pounds. Yeah, that's a little, that's not a big center. Most centers are at least 300. But he's a former wrestler. Uh, so he understands leverage very clearly. And he actually came to Iowa as a defensive tackle before converting to play center after his freshman season at Iowa, uh, in which he redshirted. It's really impressive to watch him, uh, both in space and at the point of attack, manipulate defensive linemen. Linderbaum in this teens range, right? You're picking anywhere from 12 to 16. That's about the area where positional value, the league is going to start being open-minded to drafting a center. So I think that's a sweet spot to have Tyler Linderbaum in the discussion as a potential fit for the Dolphins. And uh, if you're interested in watching more of Tyler Linderbaum, Make sure you stay plugged in to the Iowa Hawkeyes every weekend. They're uh, pretty successful this season. The offense is unspectacular. Quarterback play is not good. Uh, But Linderbaum serves a starring role. The only offensive lineman I feel like Miami's not going to be in the strike zone for is Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, and of course, he's six, 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 seven, three hundred and fifty pounds. So you know that catches your eye very quickly. He'll probably be a top six pick. I see Jacksonville up in that range. Uh, Detroit potentially, the Washington football team, the Jets if they want to try him at right tackle. Evan Neal will will probably not make it to Miami's spot. But every other offensive lineman that's out there, Linderbaum, the fact that he plays on the interior, I think is is relatively friendly to seeing him from a positional standpoint be on the board for the Dolphins. 
Kenyon Green was a very popular pick for Dolphins fans in the mock draft competition. He's junior offensive guard from Texas A&M, 6'4", 325. Uh, this is a plug-and-play type player. Five-star recruit. Physical tools are very, very good. Fairly polished, high floor, and a high ceiling. Plays guard. If you want to draft him to play left guard, so let's say you get into free agency, right? And you want to address your offensive line. Drop some premier dollar on a veteran offensive lineman, say a Ryan Jensen, center from Tampa Bay. Draft Kenyon Green to play left guard. Now you have really turned your interior offensive line, which I don't even think has been the problematic part for Miami. It's been high variance, but not problematic, not like the tackles have been. And you're assuming Liam Eikenberg's going to take one tackle spot, and you at least you have to give him a chance. I would want more swing tackle depth. But that, now you're looking at, okay, can we get a right tackle on the roster here? And we probably feel pretty good about what we have on the offensive line. I don't know if you're going to sign one. You're probably going to have to trade for one. I don't know what that's going to cost you. I would love to see them start, start, excuse me, start taking the offensive line build to a new level of intensity and urgency, which they're capable of doing. But I do think you need some established talent. And if the Dolphins choose to go all established talent to complement the young players on the roster, then we can talk about some other prospects for the Dolphins. I look at wide receiver. I think they'll be in a sweet spot to potentially see all of the wide receivers be on the board for them. Uh, these past two years have, have been a bit of an aberration where you, you had three go in the top 17 two years ago and you had three go in the top 12 this past year. I don't think you'll see a wide receiver go in the top 12 at all in this year's draft. So if you can complement your offensive line with established talent, then we can get into names like Chris Olave, Ohio State, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. Are you going to let Devontae Parker go? And if you are, then we could entertain names like Traylon Burks from Arkansas or Drake London from USC. Lots of different body types out there. Lots of different skill sets at wide receiver. And I think they will all be on the board for Miami unless, like, and if they miss, they'll miss by, like, a handful of spots. There's no slam dunk home run. We are going to be sweating bullets and bemoaning the fact that Miami was way out of range because of this trade that they had made to select a wide receiver. So that's the good news. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say a locked-on Dolphins watch party? McDonald's. I'm loving it. My personal favorite wide receiver uh, is... Chris Olave from Ohio State. 
Uh, he's my favorite wide receiver in this draft. The way he plays the game, he is a deep threat type player. He's also a separator who's silky smooth. He's not twitched. Garrett Wilson, the other Ohio State wide receiver, is a little bit more. Get the ball in his hands and let him be a twitchy athlete with the ball. Uh, he's gotten better at his ball skills this past year. But if I think about Jalen Waddell and his existence on the roster and what he brings to the table, if you want to have a vertical presence, a guy like Chris Olave would make a lot of sense. If you want to get Jalen Waddell into the vertical presence role, a guy like Garrett Wilson could make sense because you could have Garrett Wilson run the routes that Jalen Waddell currently is. And then let Jalen's pure speed vertically take the top off the defense and attack the ball down the field. Or maybe you want multiple guys who could attack the ball down the field, which is what I thought the vision was when they brought in Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle. We all thought that. That would have been a logical conclusion to come to, except that's not how they've been using him. And Will, of course, is not available. Which is another interesting point to consider here with this team is a lot of their talent allocation has been to get a lot of wide receivers, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, the presence of Preston Williams. Uh, they kept Jakeem Grant initially coming into the season. And yet how often do you see this team go empty? And I understand like some of this is predicated by offensive line and protection issues. I understand that. But they also kept five tight ends, and you took a quarterback coming out of Alabama who ran a spread offense, and you put him into an offensive system and infrastructure that's best suited for 12 personnel. It's kind of an interesting marriage of skill sets. If you wanted to go with a big body wide receiver, my favorite one as of this point in time is Traylon Burks from Arkansas, 6'3", 225. Uh, Arkansas has used him everywhere from wildcat quarterback to put him in the backfield, put him in the slot, put him outside, and he's been a monster this year. Uh I thought his his ability to win down the field this year has really flashed. And you know what? If he was healthy, George Pickens from Georgia, I think I would probably like even more than Traylon Burks. Pickens is 6'3", 200 pounds, tore his ACL in, in spring ball for the Georgia Bulldogs, has not played yet this season. But he's a do-it-all type of alpha, high-volume target player. But maybe you don't want to go on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe you like the defensive side of the ball. A name to watch for me is George Karloftis, uh, defensive end from Purdue, 6'4", 275. He's a junior. He was at a first-team AP All-American freshman in 2019. Uh, Missed half of 2020 with an injury and also had a, a COVID incident uh, that kept him off the field for uh, the Big Ten's abbreviated season. His production hasn't necessarily been as dominant and in line with Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, the defensive end, who we will not sniff. He's probably going to be a top six pick as well uh, with how well he's playing right now. 
uh, but Karloftis, you want to watch George Karloftis to get an idea of what he is. He's from Purdue. Go carve a little time out of your afternoon and go back and watch Purdue versus Iowa this year, in which Purdue knocked the number two ranked team in the country, Iowa, who was never from a talent perspective the number two ranked team in the country, but they carried the ranking nonetheless. And watch Karloftis, and you can watch Tyler Linderbaum at the same time, so it's a nice double dip. Watch Karloftis completely wreck anything that Iowa tried to do offensively. Him and Jalen Phillips, who I understand everybody wants, oh, Jalen Phillips is disappearing. I know I said this last or earlier in the week. I can't help but wonder if Jalen Phillips played in a defensive system that allowed him to not be so predicated on controlling a gap or manufacturing rushes and just let him attack and be in attack mode all the time. Can't help but wonder how different it might look like, especially if you paired those early season reps for him and you asked him to play for it. I don't know if you guys saw last week, but like Jalen Phillips was taking zone drops last week against Buffalo. And if that's how you're going to want to use some of your hybrid players on the edge, then what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to go out and get a defender like Brandon Smith. And that's that can be the next player that we talk about. But I do think it is worth mentioning uh, that Jalen Phillips dropped into coverage nine times uh, against the Bills. He sp- spent almost 10% of his snaps this year in coverage. Nine times against Buffalo was the highest incidence of dropping into zone coverage for him yet. But Brandon Smith, let's talk Brandon Smith, linebacker from Penn State. This is probably a prospect who's on the board for you at in that 35 to 40 range, wherever that second early second round pick is going to fall. 6-3-241, ran a 4-3-8, 40-yard dash his senior year in high school. Uh, he once upon a time, just a fun fact, blocked six kicks in one season at the high school level. He was a top 20 recruit in the country. Uh, and this is the kind of player, again, 6'3", 240, who can play on the line of scrimmage, who can play some zone drops, who can be a blitz player and a pressure player, can be a run and chase uh, kind of scrape defender and linebacker as well. A lot of versatility with him. I don't know that his resume is going to be as polished enough. There's some high variance with his play at Penn State. Uh, he was a first-year starter last year in 2020, so the sample size isn't particularly big, and that may allow him to fall into the second round. But from a tools perspective, like this is probably the closest you're going to get to Isaiah Simmons in this class. Brandon Smith, linebacker, Penn State player to watch. I would not draft him in the first, but in the early second. And of course, all of this is dependent upon what you choose to do with your coaching staff. But he's a good football player, and this is a pro draft good football players account at the end of the day. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes 
like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They got 100% chocolate on all their bars. So whether you need something to grab and go, keto-friendly, meal replacement, post-workout, you name it, Built Bar can be it. So right now, visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you can save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Football season, back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and even more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and it is where the game starts. I just missed a banging four-player prop parlay that would have cashed very nice. I had Carson Wentz over 246 and a half passing yards. Carson Wentz over one and a half touchdown passes. Jonathan Taylor over 86 and a half rushing yards. And Jonathan Taylor over two and a half receptions last night in Thursday Night Football. And wouldn't you know, three out of four hit in the first 40 minutes of the game. And then Jonathan Taylor needed to get one reception for me. And he didn't get it. But... It is what it is. I'm, I'm not going to mention the name Jonathan Taylor on this podcast anymore because I'm sure a bunch of Dolphins fans are ready to pull their hair out regarding uh, the fact that the Dolphins did not draft Jonathan Taylor. Speaking of the running back position, I don't think there's any first-round running backs in this year's class. Maybe somebody continues to rise up through the ranks. If somebody did, it would be Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State, transferred from Wake Forest, 5'10", 210, true junior. He's in the Heisman running because Michigan State is undefeated. They're the number three ranked team in the country in the college football playoff, and it is largely because of Walker. This dude is a beast. If you want to draft a running back early, Go get Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. You could also get Zach Charbonnet, who used to attend University of Michigan and transferred to UCLA. He's 6'1", 220. Electric player. Ranked the number 26th overall player in the country in his recruiting class by 247 Sports. Set Michigan's record for most rushing touchdowns by a freshman. Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. Probably not in the conversation in either one of the pick ranges that Miami has in the first or second round, and then you have to wait until the late third uh, for their next pick. They have a comp pick from San Francisco uh, that they own, and that's it. So if you're going to draft one, it's going to have to probably be that early second round pick, and either Walker from Michigan State or Charbonnet, from UCLA, you get either one of those two dudes, you sign an established veteran running back, and all of a sudden this running back room can look very different and be much more dangerous. That's another thing, too. I'm watching Indianapolis last night, right? And I can't help but but admire the fact that they went out and got a bunch of big-bodied guys on their offensive line. 
They have all these tight ends. They run a bunch of multiple tight end sets. And then they run their passing offense at times through those tight ends, but also through those running backs, Naeem Hines, Jonathan Taylor. You think about Miami. They, they went out and got a bunch of big-body guys. They have the tight ends to do this. And yet they're simultaneously also trying to litter the field with a bunch of receivers. And uh, it goes back to me for before you can be everything, you have to be something. And I want Miami to look themselves in the mirror, whether it's Brian Flores or somebody else, and decide what you want to be. And then be that. Embrace that identity of your team and go all in on that one thing so you can dictate the game to somebody in a different capacity. And then once you establish that and that is firm and that is known and you know you can always hang your hat on that, then you can try and branch out and get into other things. But that's going to do it for us here on the show today. i got a flight to catch Coming down the South Florida, so I'm going to go ahead and head out now. We're going to do Power to the Pod this evening live, so plan accordingly. We're going to announce on Power to the Pod the winner of the mock draft competition. So looking forward to watching Dolphins-Texans with one of you on Sunday afternoon and seeing a bunch of you at the tailgates beforehand. Looking forward to it. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening to the show. Fins up. Make it a great day. Talk to you guys this evening. See you then. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.